0: Life good! Never off! Whoa! Hard! Hardly Come yes. on, friends! Life good! Got real close. Got hair high, right? Trying to hit two thirds. Have they no. saved oh. it for her? It. Yes, they
1: have! Welcome to Game of Stones, everybody. I am Sean Graham. Scott is kind of alongside, as he normally is. Hello, Scott.
0: Hey, Sean. How's it going?
1: Good, so this is the first time in the history of the show where we are not in the same room at the same time doing the show.
0: Yeah, I guess uh, unless you count Knoxville, uh, you know, we're sometimes apart, but
1: uh, yeah, no, you're right. It's kind of weird. Yeah, so Scott got a mic, uh, and even though we both live in Ottawa, this makes it easier because now we don't actually have to see each other, which, you know, that's probably a good
0: thing. Yeah, I think uh, a little little too much, and if we want to record more, we've got to be a little more flexible with our arrangements
1: exactly so now that we can do this like this we will have an announcement about what our coverage is going to be for the canada cup the scotties briar all that fun stuff uh, now that we can do these ones uh, a little easier so we got some uh, some plans some special stuff on in the works for those big events but let's get right into it scott a somewhat exciting weekend out in truro nova scotia with the masters
0: yeah the masters we were on on Thursday night, I think we recorded, and uh, previewing the playoffs uh, such as they were, I I came away from the weekend thinking, 15 teams for eight pass spots is a little too NHL, <laughs> uh, g- given that we had, you know, uh, all the teams at two and two on the women's side, and only three teams eliminated uh, full round-robin play, so... It was exciting that lots of teams were out. The play was a little underwhelming. I think you'd agree with that, eh?
1: Yeah, it, it wasn't really great, especially today. Uh, we're recording this Sunday right after the final, right after the women's final. The play wasn't great. It did start to rain out there in Tro, And they said it went from about 3 degrees to 16 or 17 degrees today. Mm-hmm. And you could just see the amount of frost that was on the ice. And the players were really struggling with it all day. Uh, maybe not as much this morning, but certainly in the two finals, the teams really did not have a good feel for draw weight at all. Uh,
0: some of the hits were just taking off right away, over curling. Uh, and we, we can get into this women's game right away if you like. Or yeah,
1: so let's yeah let's start there. Let's start with the women's game just then, as fresh in our minds. Anna Hasselberg against Rachel Holman. Anna Hasselberg wins eight to seven with a three in the eighth end for the victory.
0: Yeah, Sean, this was uh, into me that it was even that close to begin with. Uh, Rachel missed a shot in the fifth end to score four. It uh, was heavy, or no, she was too light, right? Yeah. The Supers couldn't get it there. So uh, she had just seen Anna Hasselberg throw a draw that went through. And so I think that was in her head, but uh, she should have had four there. Then gave up a deuce, coming back, was only able, she was trying to blank the seventh, to be honest. And it was sort of like that put her in a position where she basically had to take two. And then her last round, eight. I mean, whew. Uh, it, it, it it wasn't close at all. It took off right away and raised one of the guards in for that third point and all hassle to do. I mean, it was a tricky pick, but took one out and uh, scored three that way. It was just oh man, yeah. yeah but, uh, but if you look
1: at that shot, I have a little confused on this on the broadcast because Rachel Holman raises in a corner guard of Anna Hasselberg's and yes it covered up a bit of the stone that she had to hit but it made the shot easier because that corner guard was already kind of there probably not in play but if Rachel Holman doesn't throw Anna Hasselberg has to stick her shooter to win the game with that stone being raised in it Mm -hmm. becomes I think at the time fourth shot and Anna Hasenberg can just whip it down there and yeah. basically play a, essentially what is like a pick in terms of how much of the stone you have to hit and roll away with the shooter. So to me, it almost makes that shot easier by not having to worry about the shooter. But Kevin Martin and Joan McCusker thought that the, it made it more difficult, which I was a little confused by.
0: Yeah, they were a hundred percent wrong. Sean. It, it made it way easier. Uh, <laughs> it, it, yeah, it was just, it was, a uh, I, I don't, they said maybe she was light. Uh, Rachel, it seemed to me, uh, anyway, it just sort of grabbed that that uh, frost and off, started hard. Work. There was nothing to speak with. So, uh, a couple of stuff like that earlier in the game, in uh, the game, we'll talk about yeah. There was a couple, uh, couple shots like that I saw from Matt Cam. A few of them just took off, even this morning. So, uh, it's, it was tricky, Ice conditions, and uh, I'll credit the Team Householders. They're the ones that were able to act and, and come out on top. Like uh, Pretty ugly percentages for everybody. I'm a yeah. play the best uh, of everyone, but. Uh, Anyway, uh, yeah, it's sloppy. Yeah,
1: percentage percentages all weak, too. I think it was in the low 70s through the round robin and into the playoffs. So it's not like anyone was really crushing it in terms of shooting percentages there. And you saw it, too, with Anna Hasselberg. The end, you said, I believe it was what was a four, where she has the draw for four, and she does it, and she has a draw four Anna Hasselberg just hers through. Yeah. You're not used to seeing that from a player like Anna Hasselberg, where she just throws it through. And, and even this morning in the game against Casey Scheidegger we saw Casey Scheidegger do that a few times just pitch pitching mm-hmm. through on draws she flashed a hit in the seventh the seventh yeah. yeah that gives Anna Hasselberg the shot for three an open draw for three so we saw a lot of misses that are uncharacteristic of this level of play all day today
0: absolutely absolutely so you know maybe it was just the uh, turning of the weather you know, so to speak, uh, they had that nor'easter whip through, and then, uh, yeah, the, uh, the the winds turned southerly. So, yeah, wet and warm uh, really changes the inside of a building.
1: Yes. So, uh, so, but congratulations, to Anna Hasenberg. They win. I don't know, it's too, Scott. If you notice this on the last rock, uh, I only watched the replay once, so I couldn't tell who it was. Whoever's on the left side of the stone for Anna Hasenberg, I don't know who sweeps on the left side, but she almost. Ate it. Uh, uh,
0: the, la- the left side is where we're looking at the screen? or as
1: The left to Anna Hasselberg. So if Anna Hasselberg's in the hack, whoever is to her left. Oh, that's
0: uh, Sophia Mayberg's. Okay, th- so uh, she,
1: she almost ate it. Yes. Uh, she, she's on her slider. She has to go around a stone at the back of the house. And then mm-hmm. she almost trips over the hack because she's going so fast. So fast. And Emma Miskew didn't seem overly concerned at the time um, but it was sort of this yeah. really interesting dynamic i thought
0: hmm. hmm yeah that was that was pretty funny we see ben hebert do that quite a lot uh, you know he goes flying in there he's dancing around rocks uh, but uh, good to see that she wasn't injured in any way
1: yes and now anna hasberg this is back to back grand slams for her i don't I, I don't really understand this whole grand slam series but then there's majors this is one of the majors like who cares um, but this counts as a major so congratulations on that but this is her second grand slam and two in a row uh, Joan McCusker did one of these things that I am it, it's sort of a pet peeve of mine where they people add words where it's not necessary she in the postgame interview she said your uh, second straight victory in a row um, <laughs> which of course is a redundant statement but two in a row to kick off the year for Anna Hasselberg and she obviously didn't win the World Cup event over in China but now she's got these two so uh, Mm -hmm. it it really does seem like Rachel Holm and Anna Hasselberg are the two best teams in the world right now
0: Uh, absolutely and and, uh, it's Hasselberg in front you know in front by a hair Uh, one of the things that uh, comes along with this victory of course is the points towards the a Pinty's Champions Cup, uh, which might seem silly, but it comes with $75,000 for the first place winner. So for a team uh, like Anna Hasselberg that plays a lot, uh, they're traveling quite a lot on tour, That's uh, that they're got their eye on that for sure.
1: Yeah, and we talked about it in the spring that the Swedish Olympic Federation or whatever it's called did announce that they were cutting back their funding. So Mm -hmm. everything that they can get is certainly welcome for Team Hasselberg. Now, if we look at this field overall, Scott, what else stood out for you on the women's side out there in Truro? Uh,
0: The thing that stood out the most to me was Carrie Anderson's team missing out on the playoffs, uh, getting into a tie break, but uh, not advancing to that final eight after having won, I think, four events already this fall. and uh they just looked a little bit off this week like it's almost like they weren't ready to be there
1: well again last sunday they played in a final out in uh, manitoba Mm -hmm. so the travel who knows and they have been playing a lot so a week off uh i think will be a welcome thing for the squad Uh, but as you mentioned they were in a tiebreaker which Pretty much the whole field
0: was. Yeah, so, yeah. pretty much everybody was in that tie-break. So.
1: Right? And they, they lose in the tie-break to Anna Hasselberg, right? So yeah, uh, it's yeah. not like there's any shame in losing to, to her in a tie-break.
0: No, they just didn't look as sharp as they had the rest of the year uh, no, but nobody watching the look, games.
1: Nobody could look that sharp. Like nobody Nobody's, Fair nobody's yeah, that yeah. good, right? Nobody's going to go out and win four out of five events. Nobody's that good.
0: No, you're right. You're right. And having uh, uh, the other thing that stood out to me was Chelsea Carey's team uh, coming up big. You know, they've got uh, Rochelle Brown's out, so Heather Rogers was sparing for them at lead, and they made it all the way to the semifinals and just sort of ran up against the bus, uh, uh today. So,
1: yeah, but they were not good today. Uh, no, 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 they, they weren't. They 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 really weren't. That game should not have been close. Chelsea Carey made some. Like, I mean, her her percentage I think this morning was bad I think it was under seventy percent for the game, but when her team needed them, she made them and she made some big draws, against three in in one situation early in the game where the game would have been over like that game very easily could have been a four end game had it not been for Chelsea Carey making some big shots, so that performance wasn't that great this morning overall. But Chelsea Carey did come up with some big shots. So for as much as Rachel Holman played well this morning, Chelsea Carey's team did not play particularly well either after a good week.
0: No, you're um, right, you're right. And Chelsea Carey did make some pretty amazing shots there uh, there today. I'm just looking up what her percentages were. Uh, yeah, she shot 70%. Uh, on the day but her degree of difficulty was a two point one eight, which anything above a two is is pretty tough shots. So right. uh yeah, I mean she did her best and and I was I was rooting for them for the team in Game of Stones. But uh wasn't to be wasn't
1: to it, be it was not. So the other thing that stood out to me I think is Darcy Robertson. She had a really good week. Mm-hmm. Again we've talked about her that she probably should have won Manitoba mm-hmm. last year if not for a bad ninth end in the final against Jennifer Jones. She had a good week here qualifying, making it into a quarterfinal where she loses to Rachel Holman. And then of course the other big story is Caitlin Jones and her team, the defending world junior champions Mm -hmm. uh, out there from Nova Scotia and, making it into the playoffs from the sponsors, exemption. They lose to Chelsea Carey, and they were kind of outmatched in that game yesterday afternoon. It was close for a bit, and then Carey pulled away in the second half of the game. But this is a team, and, and we've talked about it in the past, that the East Coast, the Maritimes, need some good teams on the women's side. And if this team can do it, the transition from juniors to women's is really hard. And Mm -hmm. very few people can do it seamlessly. We've seen a lot of teams struggle with it. Even Rachel Holman had some initial struggles uh, despite still being successful. And this team here, if they can make a transition and be competitive in these types of events, obviously out east it's tough financially to get the money to be able to travel and do everything you need to do. But, hey, this is a good start and hopefully is foreshadowing for some good things for Nova Scotia currently.
0: Yeah, yeah, it could be great. I mean, uh, we did forget to mention that they did get to play in the Champions Cup last year as World yes. Junior champions. But uh, for them to get more experience on this stage uh, is really great. Caitlin sort of had a rough, uh, rough couple games there in the last round robin game, even the one one against against Rachel Holman. She, her percentage was in the sixties, uh, but she made the shot when it counts. And then uh, in that quarterfinal, shot uh, forty eight. So. You know, uh, they're not playing against easy teams, so nothing's easy at this level.
1: Not at all. So there you go. So Anna Hasselberg wins. Now, Scott, let's go through our picks that we made uh, last week uh, before the event started and dole out the points. So just to remind everybody, for the season, for all the Grand Slam events, for the Briar Scotties Canada Cup, World Cups, World Championships, We will be making picks before the event. The rules are that we pick four teams each. You get a point if that team makes the playoffs. Bonus point if you correctly pick the winner. We are currently tied at seven points each. So, Scott, on the women's side, how did we do?
0: So, Sean, on the women's side, your picks uh, were Team Hasselberg. So you get a point for that. Two points there. No, you didn't pick them to win.
1: Oh, no, okay.
0: Yeah, yeah. So you picked them to make the playoffs. Uh, So you got a point for that. You got a point for Jennifer Jones making the playoffs. And your other picks, unfortunately, did not make the final eight. You had Team Anderson winning the event. Oh, wow. As, uh, you know, it wouldn't have surprised anybody had they won. Uh, And Team Eve Muirhead was uh, unable to advance uh, to the playoffs.
1: Yes, they had a bad week. Uh, team Yearhead did. Uh, yes. They were 0 3. I think they won their last one uh, I, I after think going 0 so, 3. Yeah. So, yes, not on the ball there. So, I get two points so get in events.
0: Two big points. And, so,
1: Scotty, what did you
0: have? So, I also picked Hasselberg to make the playoffs, but I wasn't uh, confident enough to let her win. And okay. I, I had uh, Chelsea Carey making the playoffs. So, that's a point. I also had Rachel Holman for the win, so I would have had a, a two points there, but I get one for making the playoffs. And Team Anderson was the other team I picked to make the playoffs, so no point there, but uh, three points for me, and I pull ahead.
1: Uh, yeah, and- so 10-7 to 7 after the women's <clears> – <throat> ma- excuse me, 10-9 after the women's Ooh. Masters. There, Scotty, you are ahead at the moment. So let's move over then to the men's side. Where we had a, another sort of lackluster game in the final, I felt, with John Epping getting the win over Team Kevin Cooey in the final. Scott, what was your takeaway from this game? Uh,
0: it was a, a bit of the same, you know, a lot of missed shots was my was my takeaway. Uh... Uh, Epping sort of uh, took advantage of Kui's mistakes to steal two and five, and by take advantage of, I mean he only scored because Kui made a mistake and uh, yes. missed the draw. So he got a free two points there and then sort of turned around and gave it back uh, right in the next end. And then in the seventh even, he was sort of playing def- defense and making sure that they weren't going to be down uh, at all. So he was fine giving up uh, giving up a steal the one. And uh, was able to close it out in that final end. But he had to make some uh, pretty good shots. And and John Epping was really hot today. He was on fire. And a very confident John Epping is a very fun John Epping to watch, I think.
1: Yeah, he can be, um, both for the good and the bad. And (laughs) they talked about it on the broadcast a bit today. They called him artistic. When he throws uh, He has a bit of a, a a tail whip There when he throws And it's it's never quite a straight line Where He is uh, going right at the broom But somehow he ends up Where he needs to end up And he, yeah he, the, the two that he stole there Was really just something you don't see at all Kevin Cooey was not good On his mm. draws today no. He really really struggled And you saw that on his last one as well in the game, where he has to, uh, I believe he's trying to come in, right, and and make John Epping uh, maybe draw, uh, certainly maybe a run back, uh, sort of chip something in against the loss. Now, he, they said after the game that they thought it was a pick. I'm mm-hmm. always skeptical of that, because whenever these guys miss, they always say it's a pick. Uh, mm-hmm. Glenn Howard is the worst in this, but Maybe it did pick. I don't know. <laughs> what I it pick? certainly went. It certainly went crazy. Like it certainly curled a lot and was way lighter. Mm-hmm. And we're not used to seeing Kevin Coo- Cooey do that. But he was doing it all game in terms of not really having a, a sense of the ice and the weight. So who knows what happens there? But he just wasn't really sharp in this game.
0: No, no, uh, he wasn't sharp at all. His he, he curled sixty six percent on the day, and uh, when you put that up against John Epping's eighty one. Uh, you know, you're not gonna win many many games when you play uh, that poorly against your opponent. the uh, no, and, and like, other
1: thing I, I want to say about this game too though is that I don't think Colton Flash wasn't very good either. No. Uh Colton Flash struggled in this game as well. and BJ Newfeld played great. Uh, I think it was I think it was the fourth end uh, where after Colton Flash was shooting, John Epping was looking at a three or a four, mm-hmm. and then bJ. Newfeld comes in and just cleans it all up in two shots and Kui ends up scoring and this is the sort of thing where new team probably still figuring out how each other throws but this game at least uh, makes you wonder now how they're going to continue to grow and work together because out of the four of them Colt Flash is the one with the least experience yeah so integrating him getting him used to these moments and and again you don't want to overreact to one game especially when everybody on the ice was struggling, but it seemed like his was, was more p- prominent than some of the others.
0: Yeah, it, it seemed that way. He, he threw 12 draws for uh, 69%, and on his four hits he curled 85%. So uh, he did curl a lot better on his hits, which is his strength, right? Uh, but yes. but to me the thing watching this team is that he doesn't seem like he's having fun, Colton Flash, like he did right. he did well, at the World Cup, and uh, but I don't know watching him this weekend I was kind of like hey man it's okay it will be he'll be okay.
1: Well I mean to be fair he's not really playing with the most <clears throat> outwardly emotional team other than Benny, <laughs> um, right Kevin and Bj are. are Pretty stone-faced and not really all that expressive out there, at the best of times. So, yeah. so maybe he's you know, maybe
0: he's trying to counteract balance Ben Hebert or something. But anyway, uh, they're a good team. They'll be fine. I I think they'll not lose any sleep really over over this loss.
1: No, I I wouldn't think so. Now, the other thing that was really interesting with Kevin Cooley's team that happened today was in their semifinal game. Oh against Bruce Moet, and what was fascinating here was Kevin Cooey is down a point in the seventh end, and Bruce Moet is laying two. Kevin Cooey peels out, intentionally, peels out one of Bruce Moet's stones to be down two and keep the hammer Mm -hmm. going into the eighth end. So he made the decision to be down two with the hammer rather than tied without and having to steal. Works out, they score three, yeah. and just coincidentally we see it then with Anna Hasselberg doing it against Rachel Holman, in different circumstance, they were sort of conceding that two throughout the end. And, well, neither was Kevin Cooey, but he makes the decision at the end to concede the single and be down two. What did you think of this decision, and do you think we'll see it more now that we have the five-rock rule throughout all of our events.
0: Yeah, Sean, I think the 5-rock rule is the reason that he made this decision, and we are seeing it a lot more. A lot more teams feel comfortable having hammer uh, because it's it's sort of like, it's well, it is an extra guard for your team, but you can kind of control how the end is going to play out a little better having the hammer. You can put a couple rocks in, you can put tight corner guards up, uh, you can come around center like you used to do. There's a lot more uh, ways that you're able to dictate how the end will go. And we saw Kevin Cooey's team do this. We saw Rachel Holman's team do this a couple times this week. So it's definitely the the strategy for now. And we'll see, you know, when Jerry Gertz puts the numbers together, how how that uh, works out in the long term.
1: Yeah, I'm interested to see how it looks because when we had it with the numbers on would you rather be down one with or up one without the numbers are better to be up one like you want the lead those are the numbers Mm. even with the hammer like you'd rather have the lead and have the other team have the hammer you're going to win more often when that happens when you make it to be down two yes even with that extra guard on the five rock rule Okay, but statistically it's I can't imagine that it's going to turn out to be better. It's harder to score 3 than it is 2, and when you're only down 1, you don't win as much as you would think you would. I think teams like it because they feel like they're in control mm-hmm. and can have that control over the game and all you got to do is go score your two, but we've seen over and over again that it's not a consistent way to win games.
0: Yeah, it's about a 42 Percent if you're down with the hammer, down one with the hammer in the last end, uh, right? According to what I'm seeing here, so,
1: so yeah, so why then? Obviously, if you if you're you'd rather be up one than tied, sure. And I guess I just don't know. It it just seems to me that to add an extra point onto that when the numbers being down one aren't in your favor. Uh, a really curious decision, despite what we saw today. Yeah,
0: yeah. So I, I need to see more of a sample size on this, you know, with the five rock rule going. So, yeah, a curious decision. It worked out in, in Kui's favor, as we all know. And, you know, uh, good for them for doing it. Uh, would we be talking about it in a different way if they had not been able to score even two? Pro- probably, right? We would be questioning yeah. that. Uh, so we don't want to be... Results oriented on this podcast, but
1: uh, no, I'm not being
0: results oriented.
1: I don't think it was a good idea, even though it worked.
0: <clears throat> okay, well, I I, well, that's what I'm saying. Num- I want to see more numbers with the five rock rule. You know, see how sure. that changes what the, the numbers if it changes it at all.
1: Yeah, and and we'll have to see what the numbers bear out. I would just have a hard time believing <laughs> that if it's hard. If it's if it was hard to score 2 under 4 rocks, why would it make it easier to score 3 under 5 rocks? Like, like if it's one extra stone, maybe one extra point. But the, well, it's, to get it's you having two
0: three. Having the two guards is, is a is a big deal.
1: Right, and that should be worth one extra point.
0: Well, having two guards is the way that you get three. Having one guard, you can you should be able to get two.
1: I don't know, but no, if you map out the end, right? So <clears throat> Your first one, you put a corner guard. Your second one, you put a corner guard. They can't hit either of those corners, Mm -hmm. and then you come around the one, they peel one of them, and you go around the other. Yeah. And then as long as the other team doesn't roll out on hits, and this is assuming the other team doesn't throw, if they pitch everything through, if the other team doesn't roll out, then it's just hit, 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 hit to two. Like it's but it doesn't, easy but tip, it doesn't
0: have to be if there's still one guard there that you can sink another one behind. So it, yes, but you, that's
1: but that's why you have to be shot as the team without the hammer, and continue to be shot. Uh, you,
0: don't you don't really have about, to be because the way these guys no. throw doubles, there there's probably going to be a double if they ignore it and keep going behind the corner guards. You know what I mean?
1: Maybe, but then I'm just going to corner freeze on it.
0: Right, or, that's a hard shot. And, so fine, make that hard shot, and we'll see what happens.
1: Okay, so, yeah, I, I, well, yeah, we just need more sample size on this to see what happens with this. And it'll be, as we go through these events with the five rock rule, who's going to adopt this strategy? Mm-hmm. Because we've seen so many teams take what numerically, at least, is a disadvantage, disadvantage into a 10th end yeah. intentionally, feeling as though they can score the two. And again, I get it from a competitive standpoint. But now that we have this five rock rule, I just will it change the strategy and hopefully it changes it enough that we'll actually get a big enough sample size on these numbers? Yeah, yeah,
0: that's that's the goal, right, is to get enough of a sample to be able to make some sort of definitive statement. But for now, for sure. uh, Kui won that game and then lost the finals uh, to, to John Epping. And I want to talk about our picks now.
1: Okay, well, hold on. Before Uh-oh. we do that, I want to uh, ask you, Scott, <laughs> if you feel like you should apologize to Jamie Murphy, because uh, even when we talked on Thursday night, you were still dismissive of Jamie Murphy's chances.
0: Uh, no, I think it played out uh, the way I expected. Sean, they they didn't make the playoffs, so uh...
1: you did not you did not expect Jamie Murphy to make a tiebreaker, and then win a tiebreaker game. I don't think anybody
0: expected Jamie Murphy to do that. And
1: I, I laid out the, the way in which it would happen.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: What are you talking about? I, I spent five minutes on how Jamie Murphy could do this. You're
0: right. You did, and you're an oracle, and we should all bow down <laughs> to you. But we'll talk about the picks in just a sec. So, um, yeah, I uh, sure, I'll apologize to Jamie Murphy. If they had, if they had made the playoffs, I, I would have... Expected you to make me drink a terrible beer, like that one from Trader Joe's. <laughs> simpler times, or uh, an easygoing beer. Uh, I don't know. Any-
1: no, it's, sim- it's simpler times. I might have given you a moose head too to commemorate the Nova Scotia team okay. making it uh, to the playoffs.
0: Right on. Well, that that would have been fine. But uh, if I'd had to drink a simpler times on the air, Sean, uh, that would have been a long podcast. I'll tell you that.
1: Yeah, it would have been a really. I would have been like a five-hour show. And you know what?
0: You're, you're right. Congratulations to their team. They had a good showing. Uh, the sponsors exemptions worked very well in this event. The Scott guarantee of them not making the playoffs still came true. I don't remember if I said they wouldn't win any games. I might have, but you know what? Good on them. Way to go. <laughs>
1: And again, they were a Kevin Cooey double run away from being three and one. Yeah, you're right. You're right.
0: And uh, they played really well that game. They played really well in their tiebreakers until the last uh, the last game. They, they looked tired, to be honest. And fair enough, right? Sure. They're playing uh, the second tiebreaker to just make it to the quarterfinals, where Matt Dunstone they got to you know sleep in and have a good morning. So, you know, kudos to Jamie Murphy, and I'm hoping we'll see him at the Briar and. I hope that he, he can make it into that championship pool again.
1: Yeah, I, I think he's just really they're fun. They're fun to He's watch. good for TV. Yeah, they're, he's good for they're TV. Fun. All right, so let's get into the picks now, Scott. Uh, again, same rules. One point for the playoffs, extra point for the winner. Let's go through. Who did I have All right, Sean, in the men's side?
0: You uh, you did pretty well here, pretty well in this one. So you had Brad Gushu as your winner uh, he okay. came up against Nicolas Hedin in uh, in that quarterfinal, so didn't come through for the win. You, you, yeah.
1: Now, I, I will say this. I f- completely forgot when I made this pick about Brad Gushu being in China two days before. Sure. So maybe, in retrospect, I would have made that pick of him to win, but that's no excuse. That's on me. I should have known that mm-hmm. when I made the pick.
0: Yeah, well, you know, they, they still played pretty well. They, they just got beat by a pretty good team, so... Yeah. Uh, you also had Nicholas Adeen in the playoffs, so that's two points yeah. for you so far. Kevin Cooey was your third team, so uh, three big points. And that's good there. Fourth team, though, was Brad Jacobs. They had a tough week uh, there this week, so.
1: They really did, yeah. Brad Jacobs, we talked about them on Thursday night. Mm-hmm. That, again, this team, what, what is so interesting about Brad Jacobs' team is we. It feels as though they've really struggled since they won the Olympic gold medal. But since that time, they lost a briar where Pat Simmons put it on the, yeah. the pin yeah. to win. Uh, they lost another briar final. Like They they've been, <laughs> they made the briar playoffs with three years in a row. Mm-hmm. And yet it feels like they're miles away from being where they were. And yet they're right in all these events, notwithstanding this week. But it's it's so fascinating to see how this team feels far off despite all the close uh, losses they've had and Mm -hmm. how often they've been in contention yeah
0: no you're you're right it does feel like they're miles away but they're not really they're not they're one of the best teams in the country still so yeah yeah, so tough week but uh, no points for you there so you got three points total
1: Okay, all right. So I'm now at 12 for the season. How did you? Well, Sean,
0: it's about to be a bloodbath for you because (laughs) I picked Kevin Cooey, Nicholas Adine, Brad Uh Gushu, okay, and my winner pick is John Epping,
1: the rink
0: out of Toronto. So uh, that's a full five points for uh, for me on that one.
1: Yeah, so you take a 15 to 12 lead on the season. Well done. Well, don't worry.
0: There's lots of bad prognosticating to come. <laughs>
1: um, so, was there anything else out of this field that really stood out to you? Uh, John Schuster making the playoffs, I think, was a step in the right direction for that team. Mm-hmm. So, good for them. Ross Patterson making the playoffs, I think, a nice step in Scottish curling. Yeah, they. You know, now that maybe, maybe we have three teams that we have to pay attention yeah, to. Yeah, they play,
0: played really well this week uh, and just sort of. Uh, lost out to that John Epping team who got hot right. at the right time uh, But they had a good week And Schuster, I think I was watching on Friday, maybe And he said, oh, we finally won a TV game on Sportsnet <laughs> It's the first one So, uh, yeah, it looks like they're coming together with Chris Blyes uh, It's a bit of a change for everyone But uh, they're, they're getting there So, uh, yeah, good steps for everybody Matt Dunstone made the playoffs That was pretty cool uh, to see their team able to do it. And, uh, yeah, I think uh, overall good event in Truro. Uh, nobody went to the hospital, so uh, thumbs up.
1: Yeah, better than last time when we had multiple people go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if anyone doesn't know that story, uh, Truro is where Brad Gushu had maybe the scariest oh. moment that I've ever seen on, on curling television. Uh, where he fell and almost impaled himself on a stone. Uh, and then the story came out, I think this was known, but they, it was rehashed at least this week, where Lisa Weagle cut her uh, cut above her eye before the final mm-hmm. of the Masters when it was in Truro and, and missed the warm-ups as she was getting all stitched up before the final. Very much a hockey play there, just stitch me up and get me back on the ice by, uh, by Lisa Weagle. So yes, no major injuries that we know of. At uh, out at Truro, but hey, the night is young Yes, out there at the Pinty's pub or whatever they do post-game. Yeah,
0: the, the night is young, as you say. They, they'll probably go to Halifax for the evening, and uh, we all know Halifax can be a fun, fun town. Absolutely. Gotta get, gotta yeah, get a donair though, uh, if you're in Halifax. Mm.
1: Yes, uh, that's pretty much what the city lives on. They're so disgusting
0: and so good. Mm.
1: Mm. <laughs> Uh, the other thing, Scott, from this week, we saw a change in the CBC Sportsnet crew. Uh, it looks like now on the CBC side it's going to be Jill Officer in for Joan McCusker when these games are on CBC, and that's a bit of a change that was noticeable to me. I think Jill Officer is really good. We saw her at the mixed doubles mm-hmm. last year, do a very good job, and I think she did a very great job this weekend and something really that I think works. We saw with the men's final back on Sportsnet that Kevin Martin was in the color chair. Mike Harris was down ringside for the final. So a bit of a change in the guard, it feels like, a bit in the Sportsnet coverage in terms of who's going to get the majority of the run. Yeah,
0: and I think Mike Harris was a bit under the weather. Uh, this weekend, so they sort of gave him the less talking because his voice was a bit uh, uh, a bit rough. But uh, as far as the CBC goes, when it's Bruce uh, it's Bruce Rainey, uh, yeah, it's Bruce uh, who's on there. He sort of sounds a bit like Rob Paul sometimes. Uh, I so it, yeah. I, I'm like, who's talking? What's going on? But it was uh, it was pretty good, and like you say, Jill Officer is uh, pretty good at this. And she had a really tough job talking about Team Jones there yesterday uh, when she was what like, she was broadcasting their game, and because she's still so close to that team, she's their fifth player. She went to China with them. Uh, she was still able to be somewhat critical at times when she had to be, but uh, that's a tough position for anybody. You know, like it's like Tony Romo going and calling the the Cowboys games right away. So. It's tough, but uh, yeah, she's quite good at that, and if that's what she wants to do. Um, I always will welcome a, another female voice into the booth uh, that seems to be a bit dominated by men on that Sportsnet side, save for Joan.
1: Yeah, and Joan has trouble at times getting a word in edgewise. Yeah. So, so, and it was interesting this morning what they did. It seemed they had Mike Harris on two games, Kevin Martin on two games, uh, hmm. and sort of, uh, I can't remember if it was Jill or Joan this morning <laughs> in the booth uh, doing all four. So it was sort of, it, it was Rob Folds with uh, Joan or Jill. I'm pretty I sure it was remember. with Joan. Uh, with Joan, and then the guys would come in on the games that they were looking mm-hmm. at. And the the two of Rob and Joan would be across all four sheets. So that was an interesting way to do it. And that across all the sheets coverage, I sort of go back and forth on whether or not mm-hmm. I like it. There's parts of it I like. There's parts of it I don't like, uh, but the I like that they don't do it for every draw. You know, here here we go: quarterfinals, semifinals. That's the way to cover it, sure, mm. and go for it. But don't do it every draw, and, and it seems to be well balanced in that. Yeah, regard.
0: you're right. And you know, you know, Sean, that I love watching the Red Zone Channel, uh, NFL Red Zone Channel. Yes. No commercials. Just take me from game to game to game to game. Uh, it's the best way to follow my fantasy team, and. Uh, But for curling, it's hard because you don't see any of the setup of how the shots got there at times. You know, you come in and it's already the skip rock and you're like, whoa, how did this happen? And the the broadcasters do a good job of explaining, but, yeah, sometimes you do want to see how that end unfolded. So, uh, you know, if they could do it with no commercials at all, that would be pretty great. Because I saw a lot of the same commercials uh, (laughs) this weekend
1: a lot of the same commercials. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I do want to say one thing. There was one commercial for Goldline that aired during the final. I don't think I saw it this morning during the semifinal games, but it was... Did you did you see this? It was Jennifer Jones and Caitlin Laws talking about how through curling they have to go all over the world. Yeah. And, uh, do, did you, did yes, you see I this? It, yeah. Okay, so <laughs> they're going all over the place. They're in Canada, they're in China, they're in Italy, wherever... And the the tag of the commercial is that it's so much easier because they have gold line, and that's what champions wear. Okay. (laughs) Are they playing in some sort of scotch double spiel at at all these events? Where is Don and Jocelyn? Where are they? They're... They didn't get invited to this commercial. It's literally just Caitlin Laws and Jennifer Jones. What what is well, happening? Well, Sean,
0: you know, you four people cost twice as much as two, so uh, you know they're probably holding their bags. Is is what they're doing? Yeah. Here, <laughs> hold my hold my bag. I'm going to be in a commercial.
1: Like it's, I get <laughs> when it's just the skip because okay, fine. People know who the skip mm-hmm. is. Okay, fine, whatever. But if you're going to add in another player. And you're going to acknowledge that it's a team sport. Why not just have the whole team? Is it really that? I'm sorry. Is, is paying Payne, Don, McEwen, and Jocelyn Peterman really going to drive up the cost of the commercial that much? It just feels so off to have only two of them. Yeah, all. that's
0: fair. That's fair.
1: It would make it would make more sense if it was Caitlin Laws and John Morris. That would make more sense.
0: <laughs> that would be that would be a but, fun commercial to shoot. <laughs> Yeah
1: right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they should have really had a camera with them in Korea after they. Oh, won. that would have been. Uh, that's that, that's your commercial. Yeah, you that think, would have been fun. Um, is like the five days of them in the Olympic Village going around doing all the stuff. <laughs> um, but but anyway, uh, I just thought that was a strange commercial. But yes, there was some repetitiveness, but it is nice though, early in the season to get back into the swing of the AirCorn chairlift commercial. <laughs> <laughs> Seeing that, and there was a new
0: stuff. one for uh, for like this, the snowblower that uh, like a little tractor. Yeah. I, I don't know about you, Sean, yeah. but that guy's voice was a little bit creepy to me,
1: it's a little weird. And the, the whole thing of what like that his grandkid is going to drive it someday because it's, <laughs> I guess, it's such a good product that when he's long dead, the thing will still be working it seems to be the implication of that mm-hmm. commercial a little off there a, a little uh, bit and, and this whole thing of like time stands still so oh. you're you're happiest when you're plowing off the ice <laughs> like, like i don't understand and why are the kids jumping up and down are they doing that for the whole 25 minutes it takes to plow off the ice i'm very confused by the whole symbolism
0: uh, oh boy it. sean i think we found a new segment uh, game of stone game of stones criticizes commercials <laughs>
1: Yeah, but it can only be a segment for for really one episode because they're all the same commercials. We're going to see these all season. Yeah, but
0: maybe we'll see some new ones this year uh, other than the ones we've seen so far, you know, once the season of Champions gets going.
1: Yeah, I want to see a commercial that has a real good-looking explanation, a digital reenactment of what Pod Shatter is. (laughs) That's what I would like to see to really show me when those pods shatter, how, uh, how that happens. Uh, that'd be a great addition to the commercial roster. Uh, also a lot for Disney yeah, too. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of Disney today. So, um, but overall the coverage <clears throat> was pretty good. Now, Scott, you know where you should be going to watch these games is if you're in Fergus, Ontario to the Fergus curling of course on the best place to watch curling live. Uh, games are always on, bars open. Friendly folks welcoming you. Curling, Scott, it's also to watch the games.
0: Oh boy, Sean. That that, that sounds like the best place it in the really world. It really
1: is. It's a wonderful place. Yeah, you don't need to go to Disney. You just go off to the Fergus Curling Club and you get all the magic that you want right there in downtown Fergus. So as we always say, if you're in Fergus and you like curling, you go to the Fergus Curling Club.
0: You're darn right. Hey, uh, before we go, Sean, uh, uh, Steve Pierce homered again. Wow.
1: Steve Pierce. So,
0: uh, Steve Pierce, that's uh, all.
1: Steve Pierce. Um, Amazing. One other thing. Um, We got an email, Scott, uh, I haven't told you about this yet, at the Facebook group, or the Facebook page of Game of Stones. Cool. And it's from Jeff Salmons out in the... Oh, let me pull it up here. They uh, invited us to the Sawtooth Outdoor Bonspiel, Scott. Uh, what
0: by Sawtooth Brewing? No, this is in uh, this oh. is in
1: Idaho. Oh, nice! Uh, yeah, so like it's presented Idaho. by the uh, Boys Curling Club. It's an outdoor bonspiel that runs in January. It's known colloquially as the S O B. Uh, they do it snow or shine. Out there, uh, if you look at some of the photos here, they have illuminated houses. Last year, uh, or which was this year's January 2018, there was snow, uh, and they uh, played through it. There's clips of people saying that they can't even see the houses, uh, but they go through. They play outdoor bonspiel. So Jeff invited us to play out there on his team. Sadly, Scott, we can't make it because we're already committed to the bonspiel here in Ottawa that we play with our dad. Oh, it's
0: the same weekend. Oh. So,
1: same weekend, sadly, so uh, so I've we've we've had to decline. But I told Jeff to keep us posted on it. And if there's a way that we can get out there, this looks like a lot of fun. The downside to it that I can see is it's at something like I think it's over a thousand feet uh, in elevation there. Things with the new story set, so sweeping might be a little difficult uh, there mm-hmm. to uh, to get going, but. You're on outdoor ice, so the Sweden probably doesn't actually make that much oh, of a cool.
0: difference. No, cool. I'm looking up uh, Stanley, Idaho, actually on the uh, on the maps there, uh, not too far from Boise. So yeah, that would be uh, really fun, Sean. So let's think about it for. Yeah,
1: I was trying to figure out how we would how we would get there, and I, I think I need to like fly to Salt Lake City or something, and drive. I don't probably know.
0: Probably Detroit, Salt Lake. You can fly to Boise and then uh, go up. Anyway. Yeah. So uh,
1: so as I'm looking at it. The, the the Stanley's elevation actually sixty two fifty three feet, so six thousand two hundred fifty three feet. It is the coldest spot in the continental United States. Oh boy! States. Wow! Uh,
0: you got to make sure that you drink a lot of water there. I, I went to uh, Boulder once for a couple of weeks, and uh, yeah, I, I definitely needed to drink more water than usual. So that sounds like an yeah, awesome so, yeah, uh, spiel. So- I, I wish everybody the best, and uh, let's yeah, let's put that in our uh, twenty twenty calendar, Sean.
1: Yeah, I think we should definitely get uh, Lee and the group here to move the (laughs) spiel so that we can go off to Idaho to play in that one. And, uh, again, thanks to Jeff for getting in touch. Also, everybody locally here in Ottawa, the Ottawa Colts series is going to be announcing the second half of their season, dates, locations, all that. So anyone, it's five years or less experience. If you're interested in that for the new year, that stuff will be up shortly if it's not up already by the time you're listening so definitely people in the national capital region here be sure to check them out as we hope to get out there and maybe do a live show from one of those
0: fields great <laughs> uh,
1: so there you go so that's our recap of the masters any final thoughts
0: yeah i think we're going to be coming back a little later this week with a preview of the next grand slam event which is taking place in thunder bay do you remember which one this this one is
1: they all—they're all the same. They're all um, kind of the same. This one, uh, Thunder Bay—I think they do it in Thunder Bay a lot, uh, but I, I can't remember. Maybe it's the one they do in the Sioux. Is it now in Thunder Bay? But they—they they seem to enjoy Northern Ontario. Yeah, right they flip flip so. between the
0: two, and it's called the Tour Challenge. Yes.
1: Yeah, so the Tour Challenge—that one's going to be coming at your first weekend in, or the second weekend in November. As the calendar turns this upcoming Wednesday night, so I'm sure all of you are looking forward to Halloween with your curling Halloween costumes out there. Uh, um, if you're just walking to your club with your broom in your hand, and if you wear fun pants, uh, just stop at a few houses and get some candy. Yeah, Sean, and be like, hey, I'm a I'm a curler. I might
0: wear my uh, red uh, jumpsuit, so who knows?
1: There you Look go. Out. Yeah, so uh, everyone have a good Halloween and certainly be safe. And we will be back later with – probably later in the week, maybe early next week with a preview of the tour challenge. Until then, please do subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your shows. And be sure to give us a like and comment, all that stuff, help with the numbers and, and getting word out about the show. You can find us on Twitter at Game of Stones Pod, also on the Instagram at Game of Stones Pod. I made my first contribution to the Instagram uh, today. Yeah, we were hot hot on the Instagram uh,
0: like, today,
1: yeah. Yeah, so we had, a, we had a good day on the gram. So uh, definitely check us out there. The Facebook group, as we mentioned, had to get in touch with us. You can just find Game of Stones Podcast on the Facebook page. There you can email the show, Game of Stones Podcast, at gmail.com. Scott's on Twitter, at ScottLikesTV. I am at Dr. Shawnee Fever. So until we talk to you next week, Keep your brooms on the ice and don't have that answer.
0: Make the final